So when we're working to make the impossible happen, we also have to look at the different ways that we lean more on the intellectual pieces versus looking at the somatics, working with the somatic element of doing the impossible. Hey friends, welcome back to the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today I want to talk about why motivation and inspiration aren't enough to make the impossible happen. The reason for this is very simple. They are both intellectual. So inspiration is defined as the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something. And motivation are the reasons that one has for acting or behaving in a particular way. Both of these are intellectual. Both of these begin in the mind and will influence certain feelings and certain ways of being and action taking, but it's not enough. It's not enough to do the impossible because when we lean heavily on the intellectual, we are missing the somatic piece. The somatic piece is necessary in so many ways and somatic is relating to the body, especially as distinct and separate from the mind. So when we talk about healing trauma, we've talked about healing and growth a lot on this show. It's not enough for it to be intellectual because it's not working with the physical body, the somatic experience of trauma. When we have trauma, that's stored in our body. It's not in our mind. There is a mental piece to it, an intellectual piece to it, Our brain, especially with PTSD, is affected by trauma, but it's somatic. It's stored in the body. And all trauma is pre-verbal. So our trauma responses, when trauma occurs, it's pre-verbal, meaning the way that we internalize and react to the traumatic experience happens before our conscious mind even registers what's going on. So trauma responses are not a choice. We like to say and think that, oh, if I was in that situation, this is how I would have reacted or what I would have done. It's not actually up to you. The more that you do healing and growth work, the more that you process things out of your cells, the more that you practice mindfulness, the more space there is to become conscious to what's going on and to choose how you respond or to change your reaction. But trauma responses are pre-verbal. They happen before the conscious mind registers what's going on. So when we're working to heal trauma, to clear it from ourselves, we're working somatically. Intellectualizing our healing can only get us so far. It can give us an understanding of why we are the way that we are, why we feel the way that we feel, what occurred and how it affected us physically, mentally, emotionally, neurologically. And that gives us a certain amount of leverage. It gives us a certain amount of peace and understanding and healing, but it doesn't give us true freedom. It doesn't give us as much leverage as is possible for us to have in order to create different outcomes, in order to move differently through life. So when we're working to make the impossible happen, we also have to look at the different ways that we lean more on the intellectual pieces versus looking at the somatics working with the somatic element of doing the impossible. And inspiration and motivation are two interesting concepts for me because I have been in the business of creating inspirational and motivational content. I 
really hit a wall with that a handful of years ago, several years ago, when I realized that I didn't want to be inspirational anymore. I didn't want to be motivational. I understood that that had a certain level of impact on people. It helped change the way that they thought about things. It helped energize them in certain ways, get them to do, think, feel differently, but it didn't actually catalyze them into action. Not in a meaningful way, in a way that really, truly leverages the individual to go out and do seemingly impossible things, to go out and create these big dreams and visions and goals that they hold in their heart. It moves them forward incrementally. But it doesn't always, in some cases, not saying every time, in some cases, inspiration and motivation do wonders for people at certain points in their journey with certain bits of that inspiration and motivation around certain things that they're working towards. Sometimes it is the thing that you need to push you over the edge, just that little bit that you need so that you can get into motion around what matters. For most people, especially when we're deep in the depths, the underbelly of these journeys that we walk through, the challenging chapters, the big life transitions, the grief, the loss, the trauma, inspiration and motivation might give us a little burst, but that's about it. And sometimes inspiration and motivation, because generally a lot of the inspiration and motivation that we come across, it lacks context. And without context, it makes it difficult for us to discern, is this relevant for me? Is this actually useful and helpful for where I'm at? Or is it based on someone else's experience in a completely different situation? So for me, I hit that wall several years ago with my work of realizing that I didn't want to be inspirational anymore. I didn't want to be motivational. I wanted to actually create a body of work and create conversations and create offerings and opportunities for people to really shift their way of being, to really truly heal and clear on a cellular level so that they could be free and leveraged to move differently, to create differently, to be differently, to align and resonate with different people and things and opportunities. And inspiration and motivation, they just don't do that. And I know this from personal experience because I remember when I was in my early 20s and I was very lost and depressed. I had worked really hard to create the life that I was told I should want as an adult in the world. I went to college. I got my bachelor's degree in three years. I got an amazing job at a local graphic design firm, getting paid more than my peers who I graduated with. I had bought a townhouse with my high school sweetheart. And I was driving around in a shiny little car that was in my own name. So I had checked all the boxes that society tells us we should check. And I had done it younger than a lot of people do. I was only 20 years old. And I realized very quickly that that life wasn't for me. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel aligned. And I wanted to make a change, but I didn't know how. I was going through a lot of change and transition as a realization that the relationship wasn't right for me. The home wasn't right for me. The job and the career path weren't right for me. And I had worked so hard to achieve those things so quickly and so young and they felt empty. And so I started to get really depressed and I felt really lost. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was here to be. If it wasn't these things that I worked so hard to create, if it wasn't these things that everyone told me that I should want, that should fulfill me, that should make me happy and successful in all of this, 
And I got very depressed. And I would try to inspire and motivate myself to get back into action. I would come up with list after list of all of these things that I thought I needed to do, be, or have in order to be happy and fulfilled, in order to really, truly feel aligned in myself and my life. And all of it was intellectual. All of it was, well, this didn't feel good, so maybe this would. This is what seems to make other people happy. In other ways, maybe I should try that. Maybe if I lose the weight, maybe if I have these things or I achieve those other things, maybe then I will really be happy. And I would make these lists that were all of the things that I could do to really become my best, healthiest, and happiest me. And it was all intellectual. It was all based on externals. I kept trying to change things outside of me. I kept trying to change the job, the partner the living location, Um, just really focusing externally and trying to find this fulfillment and happiness that I thought I should have and, and wasn't getting from all the things I thought I was supposed to achieve. And I would get into the cycle of planning, not doing anything, beating myself up, getting inspired and motivated, planning, not doing anything, feeling crappy and giving up, finding inspiration and motivation. And I hinged so much on the hit that inspiration and motivation gave me. And for me, particularly as a creative, I was reading blogs of other people who were writers or creators or artists. I was on Etsy back when Etsy was fairly new and I would go to all the shops and I would see what other people were creating. And I would read the blog that they had at the time, which they may still have where they shared the stories of certain shops and creators and they would take you into their studios and they would share their process and their work. And I would consume all of this and I would Google around and I would find just cool things that people were doing in business or life or creatively. I would get inspired. I would get inspired by everything that I saw because I was mentally stimulating myself to feel something, to feel lit up, turned on, activated by what I was seeing other people doing and outside of me. And that inspiration would shift into motivation. So it would become my reason for acting and behaving. And that action and behavior was to then make all of these plans, all of these grand plans where, okay, I figured it out. I'm inspired by this. I'm now motivated to create a plan. I'm going to go out and I'm going to make my art. I'm going to write my book. I'm going to get in the best shape of my life and run a half marathon. I'm going to move here, do this or that. And I would have that pattern of inspiration, which led to the motivation, which led to the planning. And even if I would take some small steps on some of those plans and goals, I would never really get anywhere. I wasn't, I wasn't motivated from an internal, a deeper more purposeful space. I was activated, stimulated, lit up, turned on by the inspiration that I was finding from the world around me, which can be great. There's nothing wrong with inspiration and motivation on their own. But when we use them to boost ourselves, it's rarely as fruitful as we think it's going to be. And then we get into the cycle of 
getting inspired, getting motivated by that inspiration, and taking a step forward. Or like me, a lot of people make all the plans. They get all the big ideas and they make all the plans. But there isn't any real motion. And even if there is motion, it seems like we can never get traction. And that's because we're not doing the somatic work required to create what we desire. For me, that somatic work was to actually get tuned back into my body and my intuition and to be led by my intuition, my inner guidance system, my visions, my desires. And yes, the way that my energetics are wired, I am meant to respond to external stimulation. There are certain energetic types and personality types that generate their own ideas, generate their own big visions. They don't actually have to respond to anything even internally or outside of them. It's like that just comes through. Knowing your energetics is important. For me, my energetics is to respond. So inspiration is actually still a really important part of my process, but I can't hinge on it. None of us can because the somatic piece is being tapped into the body and really feeling from the body and your intuition what feels aligned for you, feeling that genuine excitement versus being mentally stimulated by things outside of you. And additionally, the somatic work of healing and clearing anything that's keeping you from actually getting in motion in such a way that you gain traction. You actually show up differently in the world. You actually move on the things that you are saying you're excited about and that are important to you. It requires that deep alignment, that really truly knowing yourself, knowing your soul, knowing your calling, knowing your purpose so that you're in alignment with it. When I was in my early twenties, I didn't know my purpose. I wasn't living in alignment. I was aligning with things outside of me, aligning with who I thought I should be. Even when I built the perfect little life that everyone says that we should all want, and I realized that's not for me, I was still out of alignment with my truth. I was trying to align with different identities and personalities, different ideas of success, happiness, fulfillment. So we have to do that inner work of coming home to ourselves. And in order to do that, we have to do the somatic healing work to clear any blocks we have that keep us from being able to really tune into our truth. Is there fear of showing up fully expressed? Is there fear that it's unsafe? Do you have trauma from it actually being unsafe when you showed up fully expressed, when you claimed your desire, when you listened to your intuition? Did something bad and traumatic happen? And now your body is resistant to actually getting into motion, what needs to be processed what needs to be felt that was never felt, what needs to be repatterned and rewired. That's the somatic work. It's not enough to understand your traumas and your blocks and how they're impacting you. It's not enough to have that mental stimulation to do or feel a certain way, to have that activation, that mental intellectual activation. It's not enough to have reasons that stem from that information, from that inspiration. It's the somatic piece that will trip us up. That's what tripped me up. It wasn't safe for me to use my voice. It wasn't safe for me to follow my intuition. And I had become so accustomed to not even listening to it that I couldn't hear it. I had to rebuild that relationship to my body. I had to slowly heal the traumas 
that kept me from having a relationship to my intuition, that kept me from being able to trust myself. And especially when we're talking about doing the impossible, doing the things that feel so big and exciting and scary and impossible to us. If you're not addressing the internal somatic blocks and traumas that are stored in your cells, it's really hard to actually move on these things, to actually show up and use your voice, to actually put paintbrush to canvas, pen to paper, to actually go out and try the new industry, to be a beginner in a whole new creative outlet, to learn new things, to be judged, to show up fully expressed. This is the somatic piece. Inspiration and motivation are not enough. They are tools at the right time in the right context. They can also be incredibly damaging. So we'll see a lot of inspirational and motivational memes. And there is truth to all of them. There is good intention to all of them. But they are so frequently shared without context. Who wrote this and why? What does this actually relate to? When does this work and when does it not? And when we don't have that context, it's very easy for us to feel like something's wrong with me that I can't just put my mind to it, mind over matter. Mind over matter, and if you really wanted it, you would. We read the inspirational memes and we think, okay, yes, I can do it. I'm inspired, I'm motivated, and then we don't do it. And what happens? We beat ourselves up, we tell ourselves stories, usually our core wound stories. Then we go back to our winning strategy which pushes what we desire further and further away because we're operating from a way of being that says only some things are possible and others are not. It's too hard and scary to do what I need to do to move in that direction to actually take action. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. I can't seem to do it anyways. Look at all these people on social media with their inspirational quips. It's not working for me. Something must be wrong with me. I must be broken. So inspiration and motivation that we find out in the world can be really damaging at times because we have to have that relationship to ourselves. We have to have that relationship to our intuition to be able to discern, is this relevant to me right now? What is the context of that being shared right now? And does that fit with my situation with me? Does it resonate? Does it feel right? Does it feel true? And when you've built that relationship to yourself and your intuition, when you're able to discern, when you're able to trust yourself, when you know yourself enough, to discern and trust yourself around what's true for you. Inspiration and motivation begin to have a productive place. So I can see bits of inspiration in the world and that can motivate me to take action. But I am able to discern between when something is right for me and when it's not, when it's really aligned for me and my purpose and my calling. And I am able to actually move into action and get traction because I'm unblocked. I've healed the traumas and I'm willing and able to heal any other traumas or blocks that come up. So we use inspiration and motivation a lot. And there's another aspect to this that I want to touch on, which is when we try to look at what it's costing us to stay where we are, what it's costing us to not get into action, to not be the person we're here to be, to not actually go after the goal that's important to us. That's something that some people use as a means to motivate. Look at what it's costing you to stay here. 
It's not enough to know what it's costing you. That can motivate to a degree. But if you're blocked on a somatic level, if you have trauma, if you have unresolved grief, unprocessed emotions, a limiting belief system, a subconscious winning strategy that goes against you taking the actions that you want to take, it doesn't matter if you understand what it's costing you. It doesn't matter how inspired or motivated you are. It doesn't even, it's not even enough to feel the deep desire for what you want because you won't be able to get into motion. So we have to heal and clear on a somatic level. We have to notice how we're just feeding off of inspiration. If your strategy to go after something that feels impossible to you is simply to scroll social media or read daily tips books, which I say with love because we have two of them, two daily tips books. If that is your only strategy to create what it is that you want that feels impossible or hard or overwhelming or out of reach, it's not going to take you far. And it becomes this habitual cycle, this just self-perpetuating cycle that actually depresses, lowers our energy more and more each time. We get online, we look for inspiration. That inspiration stimulates us and that motivates us to do something. And in that doing, we might make a plan, have a strategy, have a phone call, take a step. But because we haven't healed and cleared on a somatic level, because maybe we're not even in tune with what we actually deeply intuitively desire, what we're led to, who we're here to be, it will only carry us so far. We'll lose motivation. We'll lose steam. We'll get very little or no traction and we'll stop. We're not actually moved from our soul, from our purpose, from our heart, from our being. We're mentally stimulated by something which gives us a reason to then take a certain action, but that's not heart-centered, body-centered, soul-centered, purpose-centered. And so when we don't make enough progress or we quit and give up, or it's hard and we can't seem to do it, we tell a story about ourselves. It reinforces a core wound belief, which activates our winning strategy. And then maybe the next day we say, tomorrow I'll do better. Tomorrow I will be more motivated. We feed ourselves more inspiration from different sources. We motivate ourselves again. And it's not to say that we won't make some progress because we will. We'll take incremental steps. We'll make clearer and clearer plans each time. We'll learn a little bit about ourselves as we do things and then we stop. That is a certain type of progress, incremental progress. But to really create true transformation to quantum leap our experience, our existence, our results, the work has to be somatic, relating to the body, especially as distinct from the mind, working with our animal body, working with our cells, our tissue, what's stored in our body, our nervous system, our intuition, our inner knowing. Inspiration and motivation are and can be beautiful tools. And for me personally, now that I am far more aligned with the truth of who I am and who I'm here to be, I'm far clearer with my visions, my callings, my desires, and I have this relationship to myself. And I've done the work to really heal and clear 
on a cellular level, actually somatically. And I have worked to heal and regulate my nervous system and to really, truly hear my intuition. Inspiration and motivation serve me in very productive ways because I'm not just taking in this inspiration from every which way and only intellectualizing it. I'm running it through the filter of my intuition, my discernment. I'm holding it against what I am intuitively, divinely, purposefully called towards. And that helps me use it in a productive way that's aligned with what I want to create. And that motivation can actually move me into motion in really productive ways where I'm taking massive steps towards what it is that I want versus little baby incremental things because it's intellectual stimulation, intellectual motivation without connection to purpose, to the body, to the intuition, to the heart, to the soul. So just notice, what is your diet of consumption? How much inspiration do you consume simply for the sake of inspiration and simply for the sake of getting that little hit of motivation every day? Because when we're deeply aligned with the truth of who we are, when we can clearly hear and heed our purposeful callings, who we're here to be, the work we're here to do, we're internally motivated to move. And we can even be inspired by our own internal experience, those divine downloads, that deep connection to self and purpose that inner guidance and wisdom that comes through God's source. We can still feed from the outside in productive ways, but so much more of that inspiration and motivation comes from us, from within, from our purpose, from our callings. That is what we want. That is where it's really, really productive. So something that I would recommend if you really are getting that hit of inspiration and motivation from external sources and you're not getting anywhere with it, you're not really doing the somatic work, you're not really truly tapped into the truth of who you are and your purpose, go on a consumption diet. Don't read books. Don't scroll social media. Don't get on websites and blogs. Don't watch TV. Can you cut off all of that external stimulation, especially that which you draw consistently inspiration from, and take that time to be with yourself and your body? to work on healing on a cellular somatic level, healing your nervous system, healing your body, healing your traumas, feeling again, being present with yourself, connecting to the truth of who you are, what your purpose is, what your callings are. Do that instead. Give yourself a big window of time to do that. You might even find that you need to leave certain groups in real life, not talk to certain people and friends. How can you clear all of that away so that you can be with yourself? And if doing that and being with yourself is painful and scary and hard and uncomfortable, amazing. You're getting the gift of seeing where you're blocked, where you're stuck, where you have trauma, where you have fear and limiting beliefs, where you have stories about yourself. That's wonderful. Work with those things. Heal them, clear them, process them. Get support if you need it. But pay attention. That inspiration and motivation can and should come from within and anything external should be supplemental and should very easy catal easily catalyze you into real true transformational action because you already have that happening internally 
And that's a somatic process. That's what I have for you today. Check the show notes for some different resources that can really support you with this. We'll link to some products we have and some other free resources to really help you build that relationship to your body and your intuition. In particular, we will link to a self-coaching guide, which is usually paid in the shop. We are going to give that to you for free. You can just opt in and get access to it. It's going to help you reconnect to your intuition so you can start really having that internal relationship with yourself. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals. Plus, our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.